This week on Millennial. There was that classic line from Michelle Obama, when they go low, we go high. Not anymore. No, I'm fucking over it. (laughs) When they go low, we go low too. That's the motto going forward. I'm fucking over it. I would love if she came out and been like, I'm edit undoing that statement. (laughs) (laughs) She won't though. Her production company is called Higher Ground, so she can't go back on that. Lower ground. (laughs) (laughs) Lower ground. So anyway, Laura, you can buy this house that's up for sale. And we could be next door neighbors. That would be cool. And then, Pam, you can buy the one next to me. We're going to petition the city to rename the street Millennial Road. <laughs> Got to have the hashtag in there, too. The first ever street <laughs> with a hashtag. No one person is going to be able to do something so major that they will turn the tide on this conversation. But if enough of us do something small, it will have an impact. Welcome to Millennial, the home of fake adulting, but real talk. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. And we were off last week, and things happened to both of these ladies on the panel. Sure did. Pam, let's start with you. All right. Well, I have really bad news to report, which is that I tested positive for COVID while we were gone. No! So, I know. The first to fall. Our, yes, we the first so- to fall. Our clean record. We were doing so well. (laughs) We were doing so well. And um, anyway, so I'm still sick. I took another test this morning and I'm still testing positive. This is my first full week, basically. Full week. So we have a a real live COVID patient here on the show. I'm I'm vaxxed and I'm boosted. I'm masking. I've been masking. Has this happened yet in podcasting history? Has a a live COVID patient podcasted yet? (laughs) Probably. No, definitely not. (laughs) We are the first to do it here. Two and a half years into the pandemic, and we're the first ones. (laughs) Well, Pam, we're sorry to hear that. We didn't force Pam to come on the show today. Though I do have to applaud you. I really appreciate the fact that you got COVID during our vacation. I know. The timing could not have been better. I almost thought y'all weren't going to believe me, but I got the tech- the test to prove it. So, <laughs> Did you take a picture of it through tears? Like, no, oh. no, I didn't. <laughs> Everything hurts. I didn't. But it was, uh, I almost cried this morning when I it was like, it's just so frustrating, you know? Um, yeah. Can't leave the house, really. Or you shouldn't be. Um, and then you just feel like shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm vaccinated. So like, I just keep thinking about how shitty I feel and then think about how it could be 10 times worse. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And what have your symptoms been like? My symptoms were fine because I messaged you guys right almost like right away. And I thought I was hoping for a mild case because it kind of just came on pretty suddenly. And it was just mostly fatigue and a very slight fever. And then day three and four were like turning days for me. And it just kind of got progressively worse. Um, Had a pretty bad sore throat. And that just cleared up yesterday. So we're doing good on that front. Um, general head congestion. So like plugged up ears, runny nose. I have a cough. Uh, I can't taste anything. Uh, or smell, right? You told us you can't smell? No, I can't really smell anything. Uh, no. Wow. Uh, which really is like so weird because yeah. my throat is so bad. I've basically just been surviving off of um, soup and bananas. And it's so weird to eat a banana and know that you're eating a banana, but then like not 
being able to taste <laughs> the banana at all. It's like when you lose feeling in your fingers or, you know, your hand falls right. asleep and you're like, oh, God, this is wild. I can imagine. Right, exactly. What that. It's weird. Like, I know, like, my body right now is like 30% Gatorade at least. Like, I know that this tastes sweet, <laughs> but I don't, I couldn't tell you what flavor it was. Uh. If I was blindfolded, yeah. We here at the show sent Pam an emergency DoorDash gift card. Did you use that yet? Oh, yeah. I mean, like that basically just went to like shitloads of Pedialyte and so much soup because (laughs) that's like all I've been consuming. But it was really helpful. I really appreciated that. I was very touched. I went outside to water the plants because you can't let those die, even though I'm COVID positive. And just going out there... I got winded, which is so mm. sad. Um, so, yeah, this is like no fun. And please, please, please keep taking care of yourselves um, and keep taking care of the people around you as well. If you know that you've been exposed, please don't go uh, to gatherings where you can expose other people because I know exactly why I got sick and I'm forever bitter about that specific situation. I hear that, Pam. I think a few weeks ago, I shared a close call that I had where I felt very bitter yeah. <laughs> about a certain situation that led to that happening. So I totally hear where you're coming from. And I'm sorry, it really, really sucks to be following all of the precautions and being very, you know, just cautious in general about transmission and then to have something outside of your control. Cause you to test positive anyway. Yeah. Well, Omicron BA5 is the new dominant variant in the United States, spreading pretty rapidly. Over 100,000 cases of COVID a day in this country. I still don't know how I haven't gotten COVID at this point. Maybe I have. I was just very lucky to not show any symptoms. But like, I bought N95 masks for my round trip flight last week. I didn't use them. (laughs) Just like you didn't. No. You went through all that Andrew. trouble. I was in bars and restaurants. I was in a casino in New Jersey. It's just like, uh, if I avoided it again, I'm very lucky. No, I just, and very few people are wearing them on the plane. Shame on me, I know. I used one N95 mask, but I used it as a pop screen for my microphone when I was at home. I didn't actually use it the way God <laughs> oh intended. God. It worked really well. So when you... When you say not very many people are masking on planes, is that why you didn't mask when you were on the plane? Yes, peer pressure. Peer pressure. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it was peer pressure. It's not that you were lulled into a false sense of security by all of the maskless people. No. Well, and honestly, too, wearing a mask like on a flight, I can also be anxious sometimes on a plane. That feels limiting. And I think it would just kind of stress me out a little more having the mask on because I also flew with with a mask last year. And uh, I think it adds to my anxiety levels. But anyway, Laura, you had an incident, not COVID though. I did. Yeah, thankfully not COVID, but um, it is definitely a pain in the ass. Um, For anyone who doesn't have this historical context, uh, I have injured my right foot and ankle. (laughs) a couple of times. Uh, I broke it once. First time I broke it, Andrew was there. There's photographic evidence. As a matter of fact, we have to see if we can find that. The picture that we took when we were jumping off the pier, Uh huh. like right before I broke it. Um, so we do have that. Um, I broke it again when I was in college and I was just being drunk and stupid at Spring Fling. So 
ankle's always been on the weaker side. And last week during our off week, I was out walking Canela and I rolled my fucking ankle and really hurt it. I had to like limp home (laughs) with the dog because it's super hot outside and I didn't want the dog to get like heat stroke. So I'm like hopping across the parking lot using my neighbor's cars to like balance myself. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, because I'm a, I'm a big dum-dum and I didn't bring my phone with me on this walk. So I had no oh. way of contacting anyone to be like, send help. SOS. One of my neighbors actually saw me struggling and she didn't do shit. So I was like, I'm going to remember this bitch. That's rude. <laughs> She's I probably know. like... This girl drunk off her ass, rolling on the cars. Didn't even ask. No. Are you okay? No, no, no. Just Nothing? like no eye contact. Just like, wow. Breeze straight past me. <laughs> I was like, all right, fuck me then. Um, so that happened. I'm a podcaster. Help me. <laughs> I must continue broadcasting. She really said, I'm going to make you suffer for the show. Yeah, will let you continue suffering for the show. <laughs> she was like, you have to be able to talk about this on the show. So I'm just going to like right, struggle. Exactly. Um, It took me like, because our, our parking lot is like long. So it took me like, I would say 20 minutes to like hobble across the parking lot <laughs> to get back home. Um, Finally did get home. Foot was swollen to like two and a half times its normal size. It was so gross. and. I was like, well, I'll just ice it tonight and see if it gets any better. Spoiler alert, it didn't. The next morning I woke up and I was like, I can't walk. I can't do anything to it. And I was just leading with the assumption I broke it. I had to have broken it. I've broken it before. It's already weak. It really hurts. I can't walk on it. Fortunately, I go to urgent care. I get x-rays taken and it's not broken. But I tore the shit out of some ligaments. Ah. So it's uh, still taking some time to heal. I'm in a boot. Your girl is walking around in a boot. And by walking, I mean, I'm using crutches. And uh, I'm also rolling around our place on my desk chair, like my rolly chair. Oh, my <laughs> That's God. Getting around. <laughs> and, the, and this ruined your vacation plans, right? It did. Yeah, we were supposed to go out of town last week and, you know, not being able to walk kind of put the kibosh on that look at these two just i think the show is really like your crutch through life both of you (laughs) never mind that's so stupid (laughs) i mean we we can't go on a break without you know incurring some kind of bodily injury (laughs) i almost made this about me for a second but that would have been way too far i mean (laughs) see what happens when i'm not in your life for a week well whose fault was that (laughs) uh not mine probably probably mine because originally i was the one who was unavailable for recording exactly and we were like okay so let's take off this week because laura's not going to be here and we don't want to do the show (laughs) without her so both of you get better soon I didn't have anything bad happen to me, but like I mentioned, I did go home to New Jersey. And actually, there is a little surprise story, and I thought this would be good for the show. So I've mentioned over the years, one of the teachers who had the biggest influences on my life was my TV tech teacher, Mr. Capello. Uh, he was uh, my TV tech teacher in high school. Yeah. Just I like practically lived with him at school. I was just always in the TV tech studio, and he was a huge mentor and all that. I haven't seen him in like 10, 15 years. So um, we're down in Ocean City, New Jersey, and me and my family were getting breakfast, and we wrap up. 
that me and my brother go across the street to grab a coffee at a donut shop. And this place that me and my brother are renting is right next to this donut coffee shop. And we go in there, we order our coffees. Who walks in? Mr. Capello! Completely oh randomly. <laughs> I oh did like my a double goodness. take. I was like, what the fuck? And, you know, we were both very happy to see each other. But he, what was even more wild is that he wasn't even staying in Ocean City. He was staying in a neighboring city, but it was his son's birthday and he had heard good things about this donut shop. So he came down and in the five minutes I happened to be there, right next to where we were renting, he happened to come in. Wild coincidence. But then, so, you know, he's excited to see me. We take a selfie together. He posted on social media and he says, out getting donuts in OC, what are the odds to run into Andrew, international podcasting legend? Some have accused him of being my favorite student. So he posts this on Facebook. I'm friends with him on Facebook. Other former students are friends with him on Facebook, too. (laughs) Did he finally admit that you're his favorite? Well, he said some have accused him of being my favorite student. So that's like a roundabout way of saying that I am his favorite Mm -hmm. student. Well, you know how some students reacted to this. (laughs) Nobody was like super salty about it, but they were like, somebody was like, hmm. And somebody else was like, what an accusation, wide eye emoji. And somebody else was like, I thought I was your favorite student. Look, everybody, international podcasting legend Andrew Sims here to tell you, I am his favorite student. I was living there, okay? In the TV tech studio. Don't be jealous that I was number one. Thank you. Also, it's been like, how many years since high school? Get over it. Yeah, exactly. I was tempted to write, and you're my favorite teacher, and I would really mean that. However, my TV tech teacher from middle school, who I was also was close to, is friends with Mr. Capello as well. And I didn't want to make her upset that I'm calling Mr. Capello my favorite teacher. So. That's when you say you're my favorite high school teacher. Oh, so then you can have ooh. two. Oh, shit. Wow. Mm-hmm. There's still time. I spent so much time thinking about what to say without pissing her off, and that didn't come to mind. Oh, (laughs) you got to play the game, baby. You're a genius, Pam. We wanted to mention the uh, face tattoo poll that we did two weeks ago. What of the three words that we suggested on air would you tattoo on your forehead? Pam had said create or inspire. I said, hey, or podcast. And Laura said, nah. Well, Laura won. Nah, won. By a clear majority. Honestly, Laura's smart because that's only three letters. And so minimal amount of of face pain. Yes. Needles. Yeah. And also you can do that one on your forehead and you can get a haircut with bangs so that you have the option to cover it up. If you don't want people to see it, you are so smart. But I would probably mostly want people to see it because I wouldn't want them to approach me. Please and thank you. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, some other people submitted suggestions for what to put on their foreheads, what they would put on their foreheads. Jen said hope. Blue Smith said love. <laughs> Miss Marisha said no. <laughs> uh, Jessica said witch. D said lover. Mana said bitch. Okay. Allie said YOLO. Somebody said stop. Somebody said votes. Ooh, votes a good one. So mm-hmm. important and relevant for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Liz said for the show, which I'm all for. Maybe I would do that's, that too. That's a big commitment for the show. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you to everybody who participated in the poll and replied to that thread on uh, social media. We're Millennial Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Millennial Pod on TikTok. 
Before we get to our main topics today, we are partnering with another podcast this week to tell our respective audiences about each other's shows. This week, we want to tell you about the show A Paranormal Chicks. The show stars two best friends who love true crime and the paranormal. Every episode includes a story of each. They are southern, foul-mouthed, and all-inclusive. The podcast is conversational storytelling with a bit of humor thrown in so you feel like you're hanging with friends. Monday is the main episode, and Thursday episodes are Sinister Sightings episodes. Those Sinister Sightings episodes are stories listeners send in of their own paranormal experiences, such as sleep paralysis, bizarre ambient stories, scary shit kids say, and everything in between. So make sure to subscribe to A Paranormal Chicks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. And we'll also have a link in the show notes. The website is aparanormalchicks.com. All right, Laura, let's talk about what's been going on recently. There's really no graceful way to transition into this. It's just something that we have to at least briefly mention and acknowledge. Fourth of July was this past weekend. And to be honest, I think a a lot of us and, and people who share certain ideologies felt it difficult to celebrate this country at all, given everything that's going on. But then as a country, we topped it all off with a mass shooting at a 4th of July parade Yeah, in Highland Park, Illinois. I'm sort of at a loss for words at this point. It's a reflection of America, what's going on today. Yeah. We can't even go to a 4th of July parade and um, be safe from a, a mass shooting. I You would kind of think that that would be one of the safest places to be. It's a false sense of security, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But this is also why, like, I know the first thing I still do when I go to the movies is check for where the exits are. Yep, I do too. You gotta think about that. Yeah, you're not safe anywhere. Not at concerts, not at family gatherings, not at church, not at school. And here's another example of a very heavy police presence already being there for the parade and it not helping at all. And it's just another reminder that more police is not the solution. This guy shot from a rooftop and got away. Yeah. Your good guys with guns were there and they couldn't stop it. And as if, you know, these stories of mass shootings happening on the 4th of July wasn't enough. It actually feels like they were the culmination Um, of representing where this country is at, because there have been, not a surprise to anyone listening to this, I'm sure, um, some really sinister rulings that have come out of the Supreme Court this season, but particularly in the last week or so. The first one that we'll talk about and acknowledge here is um, the SCOTUS ruling on uh, Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization. Um, This was about a restrictive Mississippi abortion law, and the justices voted six to three to uphold that law, which ultimately clears the path for states to implement restrictive laws or outright abortion bans. We did talk about this quite a bit over the previous couple of months, and it's just scary to see how quickly access to abortion has fallen 
in certain places across the country. A number of states already began enacting their trigger laws like we've discussed they would. And there are even cases of people who are now having trouble getting prescriptions for certain kinds of medication filled because those medications can potentially cause a miscarriage. I know there have been issues with people who are needing their medication for rheumatoid arthritis, for example, and some of these states can't get it because that medication can cause a miscarriage. So the effects are already far-reaching. And I think one of the things that's very frustrating from the Biden administration is we knew this was coming, which is unprecedented. We knew this rolling was coming. And the Biden administration still seems to have been caught with their pants down. Yeah. Kamala Harris posted this stupid ass photo of her on a plane looking sad as she watched the news on television. And Biden said, we need to codify abortion rights. Then do it. Yeah, they could have done it before we reached this point. I think it's especially frustrating for all of us that have seen this coming for years now, because the knee jerk reaction for people on the opposite side is, oh, it's like never going to happen. You know, everybody's trying to like downplay the hysteria, quote unquote hysteria, for example, surrounding the future of Roe v. Wade. And now here we are. And it's everything that everybody was fearing. And it's almost kind of hard to feel anything at all. Because like Laura said, we all knew that this was what we were moving towards. If I get one more goddamn donation request from the Democratic Party right now, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. It is really very tricky um, because there are some limitations on what Biden can do. He needs Congress to be functioning as well. And our Congress isn't functioning because we have allowed ourselves to be ruled by the minority for so long at this point. It's really difficult to walk that back. But To Pam's point, I found myself frustrated that there was seemingly no plan. Like the draft leaked back in May. And in that time, it feels like congressional Democrats and the Democratic Party hasn't done any organizing or any planning. (laughs) And the decision came out like we knew it would. And the solution we're getting is we'll vote and, you know, make donations to support campaigns. And it's like, well, I a lot of us are doing those things and we weren't going to not do those things. But it is frustrating when you've been consistently engaged and to Pam's point, saw this coming from a million miles away to be told, um, go vote. Oh, and then also House Democrats went and sang God Bless America after the ruling came out, like that fucking does something. What? Right. Yeah. Oh. That's like the new imagine, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> they like they God. like gathered outside the Capitol as though that did anything. The thing is too is like, and not that the you know, the job of a voter is never done because you should always be voting. But it's especially frustrating because we did vote and it didn't make a difference because people are just sitting there on their hands and not doing 
more. I know part of it also has to do with, you know, the filibuster still being in place in the Senate, but that's just like one thing. And we've been talking about the filibuster and getting rid of the filibuster for years, too. I feel like that's something that should have already been fixed and it hasn't yet. And it's kind of crazy that it potentially could take this extreme to finally get the filibuster out of here. Yeah. The other scary thing about this, and it's super relevant to anyone who considers themselves a progressive, Justice Thomas called out decisions um, around same-sex marriage, for example, as areas that need reconsideration and reevaluation. So we've been given a preview as to what cases they're going to hear for their next term. And contraception. He called yeah. out. Mm-hmm. There's one more I'm forgetting. I think there was one around same-sex acts. Oh, yes. Yeah, we're not well. going to be able to butt fuck anymore. Us gays won't be able to. Good luck enforcing any of this, but... Good luck stopping me, Clarence. Yeah. You going to come over and watch the show? <laughs> but but what it does is it puts people in extremely dangerous situations yeah. to live their lives. And that's what they're hoping for, I think, ultimately. And maybe we can address this on a future episode, but already there's been a lot of talk about protecting our digital lives. You might want to delete period tracking apps. You might, but that's that's just the tip of the iceberg. You got to be careful about what you're searching for, who you're calling, what you're texting. Google already announced that they're not going to save any search history pertaining to abortion clinics, which I think is really smart. And hopefully we'll see uh, Apple and other phone providers and search engines follow suit. It's going to come down to, to some big moves like that from big tech to help protect people. Yeah. Get a VPN. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting one. Go see a lawyer if, you know, you are in a same-sex marriage to make sure you all are protected. It's so sad that we need to tell people to do this stuff or that people even need to think about doing this stuff. Democratic governors have called on Biden to use federal facilities for abortion access. I think that's a really smart move. And Biden's mm-hmm. health secretary said in the last week that all options are still on the table. That sounds like something that could have been prepared. In the in the past two months since this ruling leaked out. Yeah, there are some things I know Biden can't just snap his fingers and and undo what has happened from the Supreme Court. But there, it seems like there's some options and they're not moving on any of them from what we see thus far. I'm just tired of Democrats, you know, Biden all the way down <laughs> into Congress um, thinking that there's any kind of reasonable discourse or common ground that they can arrive at with the current Republican Party, they've shown us time and time again that they are not reasonable and they're going to pass these radical uh, decisions that have an impact on everyone's lives. They've stacked the courts. They've stacked our Supreme Court. They've shown that they're not reasonable people and Democrats need to stop acting as though they are, you know, in a political partnership with someone who is operating in good faith because they are not. So to your point, Andrew, I think that's a great idea. Why weren't they planning that? Why didn't they have that ready? Yeah. Were they operating under the assumption the court might 
change its ruling because of the leak, they were never going to change it. <laughs> no. Yeah. Fight fire with fire. Get yeah. it's time. You know, there was that classic line from Michelle Obama. When they go low, we go high. Uh, n- not anymore. <laughs> no, I'm fucking over <laughs> when it. They go low. We go low, too. That's that's the motto going forward. <laughs> Call me Michelle Obama. Over it. <laughs> I would love if she came out and been like, I'm edit undoing that statement. (laughs) Uh, She won't, though. Her production company is called Higher Ground, so she can't go back on that. Lower ground. (laughs) Lower ground. (laughs) Rolling around on the ground. Something else major. Well, there are a few major things that came out of the Supreme Court in the last week or so. The court ruled again, six to three. Basically, every almost every decision um, this term has been a six to three conservative block versus liberal block vote. This next one has to do with the Second Amendment, one that we hear a lot about in the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin case um, out of New York. Conservative justices consistently voted across the board saying that law-abiding Americans can carry a weapon outside of the home for self-defense, which nullifies a long-standing law in New York that required people to have a special reason to need to carry a weapon. Um, this also has effects on other states that have similar laws in place, so we're waiting to see how that'll play out. But this is not good. <laughs> for the country where we're seeing, you know, continued increases in mass shootings. And while on the one hand, the Senate is passing gun reform to try and curb these cases, our Supreme Court just ruled that law-abiding Americans just have the right to carry a weapon outside of their home anywhere. And I mean, I live in a constitutional carry state, so they're already fucking everywhere. But in a state like New York, Maryland might even be impacted by this because they have a very similar law. Um, It just is super out of pace with the times and with what the majority of Americans want, honestly. Another thing, major climate change setback in West Virginia uh, versus the EPA. Um, The conservatives ruled across the board on this one, too, and it rolled back the EPA's ability to reduce carbon output of existing power plants. This is a huge blow to the Biden environmental agenda and essentially says that the EPA does not have authority to go into a state like West Virginia, for example, and make these sorts of decisions um, or directives. So they're allowed to regulate their own carbon emissions now. Yeah, it's going to come down to the states again, like you just said. Um, Here's a bit of good news. States like California, very blue, have a lot of power. And people might remember that they pushed back against Trump's loosening of vehicle emission rules by making their own strict vehicle emission rules. And the car makers have to listen to what California is saying because they're California. They're a huge state with a huge population. Yeah. So California might be on the front lines in terms of protecting the environment because what they say, what they enact for their state is going to have to go. The car makers can't 
not sell their cars in California and other states who believe in climate change and want to do things like crack down on vehicle emissions. So that's just a little bit of hope. But I just wanted to remind everybody of that because it is nice to see some states really trying. Yeah. And that's ultimately what a lot of this is going to come down to because so many of these decisions are pushing things back to the state level. We're now dependent on the states to make sure that we're approaching the law in a way that is best for our people and for the environment. And states like California, hell yeah, they're doing the right thing. Um, They also, um, I think, wrote abortion rights into their state constitution. Yeah. And so did New York in the past week. So there are some states that are doing the right thing, but there are definitely a number of states that aren't. And unfortunately, what SCOTUS is doing when they do this is they're effectively turning some states into safe havens and some states into prisons, Mm -hmm. really, Mm -hmm. if you can't afford to get out. I will say there is some good news with regard to one decision. There was a pretty significant immigration um, ruling that came out of the court in Biden v. Texas. Um, This was actually a 5-4 vote where Kavanaugh and Roberts voted with the liberal justices to say that the Biden administration has the authority to reverse the Trump era policy requiring asylum seekers to remain in Mexico while their cases are reviewed in U.S. courts. So this is a good thing. And I was actually surprised to see Kavanaugh in particular um, crossover on this one. It doesn't, you know, make me feel any differently towards him, but I am grateful for this one thing that two of the conservative justices were able to see reason. Like we've mentioned a couple times over the past couple of years since Trump started instating these justices, there have been some good surprises for the left. Obviously, there have also been some very bad ones, but we have been surprised by a couple things from this court. And here's another example of that. Yeah. But honestly, (laughs) the rest of it it just leaves me feeling like we're so fucked. And I'm hoping it galvanizes people to turn out in droves for the midterms because that's all we got at this point. There were some really major rulings that came out that eroded, in my opinion, the separation of church and state. The presence of school prayer in public schools um, is now okay, I guess. And there was also um, a ruling on Miranda rights and your ability to sue a police officer if you're being arrested and they don't read you your Miranda rights. You now can't sue a police officer. The ruling says that they are supposed to read you your rights, but that you can't sue them if they don't. So between that, between the Customs and Border Patrol, 100-mile warrantless search rule within a border. This has been an incredibly bad um, Supreme Court term when it comes to personal liberties, privacy, and bodily autonomy. Your boy, Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day, said he's leaving the country. Will you follow in his footsteps, perhaps? (laughs) You know, what's funny is... We've talked about moving for sure. Mm-hmm. With all of this happening, it's really hard to want to stay yeah. in a red state. Oh, in a red state. Oh, so you might move. Even though Georgia's 
technically blue based on the last election. Yeah, it is. Eh, I would say it's purple. <laughs> we're not we're not quite to the solid blue state yet. Um, but I just don't want to live somewhere where I have no bodily autonomy and no control over what happens to my body. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't do it. So we have talked about it, but hmm. no firm plans yet. Pam, it sounds like we got to get pitching, making some cases for our blue states over here. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. How are things in Nevada? I don't. If Laura and I moved there, would we have bodily autonomy? <laughs> yes. Abortion is legal in Nevada. Well, it is an open carry state, but you can get abortion here and abortion here if you want. That's too bad. Plus, uh, we've got uh, a lot of casinos, some drying up lakes. Uh, but those are cool because you can take like <laughs> Instagrams with the boats that have finally resurfaced after sinking 50 years ago because the water is no also there. very hot. It's also very hot, but it's a dry heat, so it's fine. Mm. I genuinely believe that. <laughs> I'll go to the grave <laughs> telling people that. All right. So I'm starting a list of requirements. Oh. Um, I want to move somewhere where abortion is legal. Okay. Uh, where weed is legal. <laughs> check, check. Go on. <laughs> Got it. Um, where there's no humidity. Check, check, check. How do you feel about state income tax? Because I've got good news for you. If you move out to Nevada, you suddenly won't have state income tax. That's where we're going to veer off. But like so far, we were all checking boxes. <laughs> so I feel I feel like personally, it would be very cool not to have to pay state income tax. But I feel like when you're not paying state income tax, you are paying for it in other ways that are just not called state income tax. Vehicle registration is higher. That's the one thing yeah. that's really jumped out on me so far. Chloe just brought yeah. this up. Uh, prostitution is legal in many counties in Nevada. Oh, mm. see, that's important. Viable side hustle, you know, just in case. Yeah. Prostitute. <laughs> how do I spell prostitution? Okay. Got we, got a, we have a list here. I'm making notes in our Google Doc. Yeah, they're not, they're not passing bans on like CRT um, or any kind of, real education about the ugly parts of American history. Yeah. You know, Laura, actually, I think everything's coming together because I haven't mentioned this to you to you all yet. But I found out that the neighbors that I don't like are selling their house. They put it on the market. Wow. <gasps> this is great news. I cried tears of joy and I'm not joking. <laughs> and my sister could not believe I was crying tears of joy and she started filming me i'll send you the video later oh i Please would love do. to see it she was oh like my God. why Put the it up fuck on the Patreon. crying so anyway laura you can buy this house that's up for sale and we could be next door neighbors that would be that would be cool that would and be then cool. pam you can buy the one you know next to me so we can all live on the same street we can Perfect. finally do in-person recordings for the show we're gonna petition the city to rename the street <laughs> millennial road <laughs> Ooh, gotta have the hashtag in there too <laughs> the first ever street with a hashtag <laughs> yep that way siri can be like turning right onto hashtag millennial road or would she be like pound millennial road <laughs> and every time we'd be like the hashtag is silent okay laura we'll work on this further we'll okay. workshop this i'm intrigued roshni says do it for the show for the show <laughs> well, we'll keep an eye on all these developments, right, as they unfold across the country. But this abortion one was most immediately upsetting of all. And uh, we're thinking of everybody who's who's struggling right now in light of this. And one of our uh, Bay patrons actually asked us, 
And we're going to get to the segment, but I thought it'd be more appropriate to include this question here. Chloe said, question more for Laura and Pam and Chloe, but Andrew can answer too. Are you doing any small acts of resistance or defiance in light of Roe being overturned? And Chloe said this is inspired by AOC's Insta story where she talks about painting her, na- painting her nails red to show resistance and resilience. So I have decided that this year is going to be the year that I really maximize and keep better track of all of my charitable donations. Hasn't been something I've historically done because I'll make a donation, but then I won't remember it when it comes time to file taxes. Not this year, bitches. I am going to donate more than I've ever donated because I want to be able to claim that shit on my taxes because I would rather my money go to people who need it than the IRS. Fuck you. That's a really clever idea. I like that a lot. I'm over it. I donated to Planned Parenthood right away because I didn't really know what to do. Kind of just felt numb. And I figured that that, if anything, would be a good place to start. I think that's pretty basic, though. I don't know if it's like a small act of defiance. I feel like donating is like a little bit, you know, (laughs) more direct. Every little bit counts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And no one person is going to be able to do something so major that they will turn the tide on this conversation. But if enough of us do something small, it will have an impact. Chloe said, I just got promoted and donated the difference I made this month to play into parenthood in Utah. Good for yes, you, Chloe. She so also nice. helped her friend cross state lines to get an abortion. Damn, you've been busy already. And I'm not giving advice here. Wink, wink. <laughs> there are certain resources you can turn to to go ahead and purchase a few doses of Plan B. I ordered a number of doses to have on hand um, so that I can distribute them to people who are in need. Right now, um, you can still get it here, but I don't know how much longer that's going to last. You are able to purchase Plan B straight through Amazon. It is more expensive that way. It's like almost $50 for a dose. Um, But if you go to um, myfavor.com, Um, You can get it significantly cheaper. Also, if you go to Mark Cuban's new low-cost drugs pharmacy, you can get a dose of Plan B for $6. This incredible. His site is costplusdrugs.com. I've heard so Mm -hmm. many good things about this. Mm -hmm. People are getting drugs that have previously been insanely expensive for a fraction of what they were paying. Birth control, too, is, I mean, if you need to go on the pill, is significantly less on costplus.com as well. Oh, good. Costplusdrugs.com. Yeah. Um, I've seen people quoting it as low as like nine bucks, seven bucks. So that's if, great. You know, you don't have insurance that covers it, or if you're uninsured, that may be a great place to go do that. Awesome. Very good tips. Okay, so let's move on now. Despite having COVID, Pam did plan a little segment for us this week. Just just a little one. Just a little one. I'm trying to save my voice, which I did not have as of a few days ago. Um, I was on TikTok, as you do, and I saw a TikTok from a user that goes by the name The Depth Collector. And they said, what's a scam that's become so normalized, we don't even realize it's a scam anymore. And I just kept seeing people stitch this with different 
uh, variations as far as answers go. And so I thought that this might be something fun that we could weigh in on on this show as well. Um, so I think we all brought at least one answer, if you will. And I'll kick things off by saying that uh, something that I think is a scam that's become incredibly normalized is the cost breakdown of hospital visits. And Laura, since you recently went to urgent care, you might have maybe taken note of the the breakdown of your invoice. And it is insane how much hospitals can charge you for the tiniest thing. I'm talking like a Band-Aid that you could get at Walgreens for dollars upcharged to, you know, 20 plus, 40 plus. It's ridiculous. And obviously, you know, if you have insurance, a lot of times insurance covers most of it, but there's no reason why basic stuff that you could get for way less should be so expensive just if you go to the hospital and get that applied by a nurse, for example. Yeah, I've seen just from like going to the doctor in general and looking at paperwork from my visits, I've seen the total cost of, you know, the care and the visit and, you know, any items, for example, the boot they had to give me last week. And the prices are just outrageous. Fortunately, I have insurance. So my insurance covers most of it and I have to pay a copay. But there's sometimes when I go to the doctor and it's literally just like for a flu shot um, and I get charged for a whole last doctor's visit when they didn't do anything except give me a shot. Yeah. Now, I know you can go to a pharmacy or like a shot clinic to avoid that extra cost. But I think we've all had the experience of seeking some kind of medical help, not feeling like they actually do much of anything except for spend maybe 10 minutes talking to you about your problem. And then you're hit with these bills that are just insane. Yeah. 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 This is my whole thing about I don't I don't know. Well, for a long time, I had Kaiser and Kaiser, even before the pandemic, you really got to work to get yourself into an actual doctor, they've really kind of been pushing this um, over the phone nurse care or like a doctor through like telecommunication of some sort. And it is just really frustrating when all you want to do is like go in to see somebody and have them like really check you out because you're just sitting there feeling like crap and you're thinking to yourself, what are you going to be able to like tell me about my body right now and what's wrong with it if you can't even see yeah anything that I'm pointing out to you and it's the most frustrating thing too when you call and you say these are my symptoms and all they do is go oh we'll just do like some saline flushes or just do some like salt water gargles for your throat it's like no I need to I need to be like better and I need you to do more than just tell me to do stuff I could have looked up on the internet for myself What's yours, Laura? Yeah, mine is sales, just sales in general. Um, Your favorite store has a sale. Your favorite online outlet has a sale, whatever. It's usually a scam because there have been study after study done on this. Generally speaking, you end up spending more when you go to buy something because it's on sale. That is why these companies do this. As a matter of fact, customers actually reported they overwhelmingly are kind of goaded into buying things that they don't need because of coupons or because of sales. In a consumer report survey recently, actually 63% 
of people surveyed said that they have bought an item that they didn't actually need just because it seemed like a good deal. Mm, yeah. Have we ever done this? Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I get really excited when I see something on sale. So I'm like, okay, I got to pick it up now. And then I'm also seeing in this article that you linked that the coupon will sometimes have an expiration date. And that forces Mm -hmm. you to go sooner rather than later and spend. And of course, these coupons also just bring you into the store. And then as we see memed so many times, you plan to go into Target for one thing, just one thing, and you come out with 20 things. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Outlet shopping is the I feel like very similar, but most outlets aren't much better deal-wise uh than you would just going to a regular outlet. I guess if you're going to like maybe like a a Saks off Fifth, you might if you dig around find something that's significantly cheaper, but if you're just going to like a Gap outlet, an Old Navy outlet, something like that, most of the prices are very comparable to what you would find other places. Mm -hmm. But because you're in an outlet setting, you think to yourself, well, it must be cheaper and you'll probably buy more. Yeah. Yeah. And Psychology Today actually talks about how um, it's been proven that if an item costs $200 regularly, it's less appealing to a consumer than if the same item is priced at $400 with a 50% discount. Wow. In the end, the cost is the same, but consumers are more drawn to feeling like they are getting a deal and it's more likely to make you buy the thing. Generally speaking, I don't tend to be roped in by sales or sale events unless it's something that I use really regularly that I know I need to stock up on. But I have found myself in the scenario of being like out and around and noticing some great deal on something. And I have felt the impulse to be like, well, should I buy this now just in case I ever need it or want it? That way I get a good deal on it now. That's what they're counting on roping you into. So yeah, total scam. My scam is unlimited paid time off. And I threw this in here actually because I was just talking with somebody about this yesterday. It is not unlimited and yet they call it unlimited unlimited paid time off should mean you can take 364 days a year off and just work one day a year because it's unlimited but no what happens is you start taking more and more time off it's it's based on a, a system of trust and then when you start when you do start taking more time off than you should, HR or your boss is going to come over to you and say, hey, um, oh, that unlimited paid time off, oh, it's unlimited with an asterisk. We actually mean like, pick a number, 20 days of paid time off. I can't believe that businesses get away with it, but it's a way to draw people in, get them to apply to the jobs, get them to sit down for interviews, make them really want the job. And then, of course, they pull the rug out from under them. And you want to feel like it discourages people from actually taking time off. I know like on the other yeah. end of the spectrum, right? So obviously you have some people that take way too much advantage of this, but then you also have other people that feel as though because it's unlimited, they don't really know what to do with themselves and then they just end up working more. Mm-hmm. That's actually what a lot of studies and research into unlimited PTO policies has shown that overwhelmingly people take less time When they have unlimited PTO, not to say that's the case across the board. I'm sure there's like some unicorn companies out there who really have an unlimited PTO policy and really mean it (laughs) and don't discourage you from taking advantage of it. But in general, people tend to take less time when they're under those policies. The other 
thing that's sneaky about this is unlimited PTO sounds good, but it also means because you're not accruing PTO, the company doesn't have to pay you out for any unused PTO Uh when you leave the company. Scam. Sneaky, sneaky. Yeah. Scam, scam, scam. Yeah, that one's really frustrating. Also, I just, I've mentioned this before, but tipping culture has gotten out of control in America in particular. Some places, absolutely. Tipping, good. Restaurants, for example. But these new point-of-sale machines, the business that will turn tipping on, and then you feel guilt-tripped into tipping because the cashier is standing right in front of you, and the little tip window comes up, and if you hit no tip, you're kind of saying to that person's face, I'm not giving you a tip. My local frozen yogurt shop has a tipping window when you're paying with the credit card. I made the yo froyo myself. And I think last time I brought this up, somebody said, oh, but they're cleaning the place. Every business cleans their shop. That's part of owning a business. That's It's out of control what tipping culture has become in this country. And also these point of sale systems. I read an article on this a few months ago. These screens are nice and big now, you know, like these square iPad tablets running the square software has a big tipping window. And if somebody's standing behind you, they might be watching over your shoulder what you select. And you don't want to be a dick in front of those people. I felt that I've been there. The whole the whole tipping situation is in a very bad place right now in America. And I, I feel bad if the person who's working there and maybe depending on those tips is depending on those tips, but they just need to be paid more. Mm-hmm. I will say on the other side of that, I can guarantee you that the cashier probably feels very embarrassed that the tipping window is there. Yeah, yeah because they also hear it all the time. Like you're probably nice enough not to say anything. But there are also people that are just assholes and they'll be like, why am I, why are you showing me the screen? It's like, I'm not supposed to touch it. It's your transaction. Please just like carry on. I'm, I'm going to turn away. Yeah. I wish they would. And I'm not going to pay attention. You know, well, I mean, I always did. Or like when I was working coffee, I I was very strategic about, because I always felt bad flipping the, the screen over if somebody was just ordering drip but then if you clear it out there are also people that are that are like well i was gonna tip you but now i'm not so you can't ever win but i i would always just like start the transaction i would flip the screen and then i'd like take my time pouring the coffee and like purposefully turning around so that they could do whatever the hell they wanted with that screen and then i just like didn't have to see it or like you know there's obviously ways to get around it but yeah it is like it's it's also embarrassing from the other end, too. It's a scam. It's guilt tripping you into tipping. Yeah. And these business owners just need to pay their employees more. Yeah. Instead of passing off these costs to the customer. So in this TikTok, I, I ran through the comments to see what other people were saying. And I wanted to read some of the more popular ones. Uh, somebody said monthly subscriptions for everything is a scam. Yeah. I think we've spoken about this before. We've definitely seen a trend towards monthly subscriptions. Yep. I pay for Adobe Creative Suite. Oh, fuck that. I'm so mad about this. I know. Adobe now charges you on a monthly basis to use Photoshop or what I use, Adobe Audition, to edit audio. They barely even make any updates. It'd be one thing if like twice a week I was getting some sweet new features or the damn bugs that I keep encountering are getting fixed. I get an update like every three months and it's always minor shit. If I'm paying you monthly, you will update this regularly with good stuff. 
But yeah, Pam, you hate this too, right? Yeah, I do because I, you know, it wasn't long ago that you were able to just buy the Adobe Photoshop suite, you know? Yeah. It's still expensive, 500 bucks, but it's like, I'd rather just buy um, an outdated version or buy the current version and then just be outdated for a couple of years. You know, it's absolutely ridiculous that now you have to pay monthly to use or like um, in my profession to uh, InDesign is very popular as well. It gets really expensive. So especially if you just have to do like one thing in there, I'm sure you get some good use out of um, the audio editing, but most people aren't using I it do. enough to really justify that. Um, one yeah. that I, I don't know, Laura, if you've noticed this, but in a, a similar on along a similar vein, like I wanted to try out Lizzo's Yitty line for like shapewear. And I got so mad because it's like that's also a monthly subscription thing. Like you have to create an account through this site called Fabletics. And then you have to like, you know, sign up with your credit card information because they want you to like buy shit monthly monthly. And it's like, I just wanted to buy one sports bra. I did not want to be locked into having an account that you would then just like send me email reminders for every month. You know, exactly. it was so frustrating. I'm not trying to buy stuff from you every month, Lizzo. I love yeah, you. I just, I, I love you too. <laughs> I just wanted a pair of leggings. I wanted a sports bra and that was it. You're good as hell, but damn. Yeah. These companies know that you'll sign up for a monthly subscription and then you'll forget that it's still there. And or, you know, the per this is grim, but the person dies and that that charge is still going through. People forget to cancel their monthly subscriptions. They're hard to keep track of unless you're really keeping an eye on your bank account. I know there's even tools to help you keep track. I know there's one called Truebill. Unfortunately, they don't, they don't sponsor this podcast, but I know they sponsor others. And um, it helps you keep track of what's actually charging you on a monthly basis. But, yeah, they just. Everybody loves that recurring income. And of course, we do too here at the show, but we're also not a major congl media conglomerate or business. We we need we really depend on that income. Well, and also we're consistently putting out new right. things all the right. time. We don't hide from people that like, hey, if you can only sign up for a while and then you need to leave for a while, we we don't hide that from people. And I think that's the difference. Okay, so some of these other ones just wanted to mention, this is kind of related, a service fee for paying things, paying for things online. I think yep. of like Ticketmaster or a StubHub, they always have the service fees. Why is there, or even like Fandango and these movie theater apps have service fees. It's just an extra way to steal a little money from you. And what can you do? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I mean, I our gym is the same way. We pay 50 bucks a month for our membership. But they just charged us like a yearly membership fee. Planet Fitness on, does that. On yeah. top. Planet Fitness does it too. Yeah. Yeah. On top of our monthly membership. And it's like, oh my God. Club fee. I think they're like, this goes directly to your club. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'm warning everybody. The next frontier of price gouging is going to be one-time payments on top of the subscription you already have. OnlyFans creators can do this. You sign up for an OnlyFans, then they can charge you within the subscription you're already paying for, for extra content. You pay $10 a month, but hey, here's another video, here's another post uh, for another one-time payment of $10. And some of these, uh, remember Disney Plus did this with the freaking yep. movies during COVID, the gold 
key, whatever, to get give you access to certain movies. Premiere access, I think they called it. This is the next frontier because they're going to run out of people to charge on a monthly basis. And then they're going to be like, how do we squeeze more money out of these people other than hiking the, the monthly subscriptions? So just be careful. We will never do that to you. I pledge now. We will never do that. In part because Patreon does not currently offer that. But we will never do that, <laughs> even if they do. Paying for parking at work. Somebody said, yeah, I know somebody who's had to pay for parking at work. That is insane. I know a couple of people, too, that that have to do that as well. And you're right. It should be included, especially because most, uh, you know, especially if you work downtown where there's usually garages attached. Like, come on. Mm -hmm. It's embarrassing for those companies. Somebody else said chiropractors. And I have to say that, yes, they can be helpful. However, they do not let you go. They do not let you out of the system. I was going to a chiropractor as I sit here like all crooked. I was going to a chiropractor and I did get better, but then they didn't want to let me go. It was time to go into physical therapy and start doing these exercises, coming coming into the office and doing these exercises. No, I'm fine now. Leave me alone. I only got out of there, luckily, because I moved across the country. I was going to be hooked in there forever if I didn't move. Yeah. <laughs> Chiropractors really try to get you to always come back and be in like maintenance mode where you're coming yeah. to get maintenance adjustments. Right. And yeah, I agree with you. After a certain period of time, in my experience, I'm sure other people feel differently. I feel like chiropractic will help an issue get better. Yes. yes. And then after that, I don't feel that I need to continue visiting. Yeah. yeah. Just again, I chiropractors are a huge help, no doubt. But there comes a point where you might not need it anymore, as is the case with some other things as well. Well, speaking of monthly subscriptions, we did just mention we have our Patreon. And I wanted to plug this awesome benefit that Pam just released with her brother, Sergio. You two did a geek out. And what did you two talk about, Pam, for like 45 minutes? Yeah, well, actually, and it was longer, but I cut it down for time because I figured nobody was going <laughs> to want to listen to us go on and on. But we uh, talked a lot about music. Uh, so we talked about Harry's House, which is the new album from Harry Styles. We talked about Taylor Swift because we're both big Swifties and kind of talked about what album we'd like to see her re-record next. And then we squeezed in a little bit of Stranger Things talk because there is a, mu- uh, there is a music element involved with this newest season. And so we would have been remiss not to discuss that but it was a really nice time Uh, my brother and I are constantly talking about pop culture and checking in with each other mostly via text message when something big happens that we're both interested in and stuff like that so it was really nice to just hop on a call with him and and hash that stuff out and let you guys listen to it too so I hope that if you did listen that you enjoyed it because it was a lot of fun for us Several of our listeners said they really enjoyed it. I loved reading the feedback on that. And it got me thinking, like, maybe I should do something with my brother. I think the sibling duo is a really good idea. So there's like a natural rapport there, I think, when you grow up with somebody. And my brother and I are pretty close in age, too. So it's like we're extensions of each other in a lot of ways. Honestly. And you explained that at the start of the geek out. I listened to, yeah, to yeah. some of it. It Thank was you. really sweet. Yeah. Great chemistry, of course, <laughs> you. between you two. So that's at patreon.com slash millennial and many more benefits as well, including After Dark. And speaking of uh, scams, Laura, we're going to extend our scam conversation, right? Yeah. So we did a little bit more digging about um, scams and what 
kind are the most prevalent that millennials are encountering. And there's actually a pretty recent uh, report from the FTC talking about millennials and fraud, the types of scams that we come up against. And some of the scams were actually kind of surprising to me. So we're going to dig into those talk about our own experience with uh, scams because a couple of us have gotten scammed in the past. And we're going to talk about romance scams as well, because this is something that the FTC has noted has seen a really, really strong uptick in the last couple of years. So we'll chat about that and more in this week's After Dark. Thank you to everybody who supports us at patreon.com slash millennial. And speaking of benefits, we do, we hadn't done this in a while, actually. We make a post for our bays and say, and we say, hey, what do you want us to talk about on the show this week? And we're going to do that right now. We have some submissions. Pam actually just mentioned Stranger Things. Sean writes, Pam and her brother shared their Vecna songs during their music geek out. So, Andrew and Laura, what are your Vecna songs? Now, just in case anybody doesn't know, Vecna is the new enemy in Stranger Things. Or I shouldn't say new, but he's the enemy in the latest season of Stranger Things. And to release one of the characters from the Upside Down, the gang of kids starts playing the quote-unquote Vecna song for this person who's trapped in the Upside Down. And it's... um. Kate Bush running up that hill. And uh, that song, I'm so happy for Kate Bush. I mean, it skyrocketed to the top of like the iTunes and Spotify charts. It it got a new lease on life. It was really cool to see that. And it's a great song. Laura, what is your Vecna song? What can save you from the upside down? So I have actually been struggling with this question for a couple of days because when we were watching Stranger Things, Mark asked me, of course, Because he's like, I need to know just in case the time ever comes. (laughs) And I have two answers. Either one of these could work. The one that gets me because of like nostalgia and my childhood is Como La Flor by Selena. Love it. That that one's always just going to because like I hear the opening notes and I can like even if it's cutting out or you know, I am not actually hearing it in real life. I can still hear the song like verbatim in my head. Um, The other one is a more recent one for me that I've become obsessed with. And it is um, the opening song for the first season of My Hero Academia. It's called One Day or The Day, excuse me. And it's just super fucking hype. And I've been obsessed with it lately. So um yeah, that one I think could probably do it too. And it's like really, it's like a song that'll really amp you up. So I think it could get me out of the upside down. Okay. Uh, this one came very quickly to me when I started thinking about it. And don't laugh. I'm dead serious when I say this. Larger Than Life by the Backstreet Boys. That song gets me pumped up too. That's going to get me out of the upside down. <laughs> I saw one... Uh, somebody did on tiktok where it was he's doing a trend with a bunch of songs but his was like when you hear the sound and it's that really creepy clock ticking vecna sound that happens um you know when the thing is about to happen in the show i won't spoil it but um it showed him like hearing it and he's like holy shit and he runs outside, puts his headphones on, and the Rasputin song comes on. 
<laughs> so he's just rocking out to the Rasputin song. Um, I thought that was good. And I was like, I, honestly, I think if I heard that, it would work for me, too. <laughs> All right. Next question is from Jonathan. For everyone, have you all read the novel A Little Life? If so, book review. I know it's controversial, but the book absolutely destroyed me. Trigger warning galore, Jonathan said. Pam, you are the only person here who has actually read this book, right? Yes. Did you enjoy it? I, I did, but uh, I know that that is a controversial take because people have really strong feelings about A Little Life one way or the other. And I think even the people that really loved this book, I really loved this book a lot, will be the first to tell you that it's not an easy read. Um, it is painfully beautiful in like the literal sense of both of those words, um, just masterfully written, but it's probably going to break you a little bit. And I think that it isn't a book that I would enter into lightly, which sounds really dramatic, but I would for sure look up a trigger warning list for this book because it's it's really it's a rough read and I would hope that anybody that picks it up is in the right mental space to kind of receive it um but again it's it is masterfully written um and it follows uh, the story of four college friends living in New York City and it kind of takes you through their life the course of their life um and highlights their relationship together as a group and individually. But yeah, definitely look up trigger warning lists for that book because it's pretty intense. I have been intrigued. I've I've heard many things about it over the years. It's also very long. And I think that's what primarily has turned me yeah. off from committing to maybe it. Maybe audiobook might be a good choice yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Roshni said, question for you, Laura. I think you've mentioned in the past that you work in a field that is different from what you studied in school. How did you get into that field? How did you get the training you needed? Do you all think the on-the-job training exists anymore, or do you always need to have some kind of certificate or degree to get into a field? In my case, I had, although I'm not even remotely in the same field that I studied, um, there were some transferable skills that I had from my old field that were relevant to what I'm doing now. Honestly, though, I did start out entry level. I had to start out at the beginning and build up my understanding and my competencies to be doing what I'm doing now. So I think anytime you're considering changing careers, that is a possibility you have to be open to. Um, the potential for you know, starting in an entry level role and using that opportunity to learn the things you need to learn to get where you want to go. But I don't think personally that you necessarily need to have a certificate or a degree depending on the field. Obviously, there are certain fields where you do need those things. Um, but even if you're looking to go into something super technical, there are certifications you can do at home from your computer that are either free or close to it and um, could very well set you up for success, you know, making that pivot into something else. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think that you necessarily need a degree. And I do think that on-the-job training exists. It's about finding an employer that values that and values the growth of their employees and is committed 
to giving you those opportunities. So I think when you're looking for whatever the next opportunity is for you, and this is just advice in general, you want to make sure that you're looking for an organization that matches some of your own values in terms of what you're looking for in a workplace. And it sounds like, Roshni, this is something that's really important to you. You want an employer that's going to invest in your growth. So that is um, something that you should stick to firmly. And I would never compromise that because it's not worth it to work somewhere that you feel like isn't invested in you as a person. Amen. All right. So thank you to the base who submitted questions. We appreciate your support, of course. And for those uh, that submitted a question, we do those posts every once in a while. So if you're Bay level, uh, keep an eye out for the post in a uh, future week or month. And by the way, we're working on this year's physical gift and it's going to be a cool one. More details in the next uh, month or two, month or two, let's say. Okay, so let's get to some recommendations now. Have you two heard of this new Chippendale movie on Disney Plus, Chippendale Rescue Rangers? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen it? No, not yet. Okay. Andrew, I have a confession to make. I started watching it and I I couldn't really get into it. But maybe I'll really? try maybe I'll try it again because if you're recommending it then it's probably good. I was probably not was in the right Was it too space. much for you? Was it like No, just... I just like thought it was a little boring. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well. Yeah. Oh. Well, no, it, it's, no so. <laughs> I might not have been in the right headspace for it. So, you know, sometimes you're like, I'm I'm because it looked really fun. And then I started yes. watching it and I was like, mm, I don't know, but maybe I'll go back to it now because I'm excited to know that you really liked it. OK, so, so I've never been into Chippendale, the TV show or the movies, any of that. But I just kept hearing so many good things on social media from millennials that I was like, OK, I got to check this out. There are cameos and visual gags and references galore. They got the rights to things that Disney does not remotely own. It's really impressive all the things, all the references and gags and and cameos that they gathered for this movie. And it's also funny. Like, I was laughing out loud multiple times while watching it. And there also is a heartfelt story between Chip and Dale. It's after the events... (laughs) of their original TV show and now you're following their quote-unquote real life. Uh, One of them is kind of lost and the other one is trying to make a Hollywood career still happen. It's And there's 2D animation in it, which we really never see anymore. I really think everybody should check it out. It went straight to Disney+. Plus. I think it could have been in theaters. I really think it was, it was that good. So check it out. Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. I said to my dad, he was like, what are you going to watch on the plane? I'm like, Chip and Dale... <laughs> It's like, what are you for? <laughs> but uh, no, this is this is good for millennials in particular because there are many throwbacks. Oh my god, there's references to the old TV show. I didn't like it. It's just really I, you never. I can't done. believe you never watched Chippendale Rescue Rangers. No, but maybe now I should. It's uh, that was like one of my faves as a kid. Aww. I used to watch it all the time. I was never a Disney TV kid growing up. Ah, okay, just that's Nick what it is. Cartoon Network. Well, I would like to recommend a pretty obvious recommendation, um, Stranger Things uh, Season 4 Part 2, a.k.a. Stranger Things the movie, has dropped in the last week. And if you're obsessed with this show like much of the internet is, you'll definitely want to make sure that you watch it so you don't get spoiled. And 
if you happen to get sick, hopefully not with COVID, or even if you're just like a little stuffed up, I wanted to recommend these Vicks Vapo shower tablets. So these are, you know, by the same brand that makes Vicks Vapor Rub. These are so nice. You just pop them into your shower right under the the stream of water, and it just will turn your entire shower into a nice little sauna experience. And it's going to mm. feel really nice. It's going to clear up your sinuses. Um so yeah, highly recommend those because they've been one of my um, saving graces in this very hard time while I've been battling with COVID. So, Well, Pam, feel better soon. We hope you're back to 100% next week. And thanks for joining us on the show, despite the diagnosis. Again, well done on getting COVID while we were off. That's a level of dedication I want to see from everybody on the show. Plan your COVID <laughs> around our I am off not weeks. endorsing this message for the record. A <laughs> <laughs> couple of reminders before we wrap up. Make sure you're following the show for free in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you have any feedback about today's episode, you can email us. We are millennialshow at gmail.com, or you can use the contact form or anonymous confessional on millennialshow.com. And follow us on social media. We are Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And on TikTok, we are Millennial Pod. Once again, After Dark is coming up. We're going to extend our discussion on fraud and scams amongst millennials. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Bye, everybody. Bye.